It's great to gather around the Word of the Lord this morning. And I want to speak from the passage of Scripture that I read, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 7. And I hope that if you're at home or here in the worship area, you have your Bible or your iPad or iPhone, and then you can follow through the verses. You know, there's an awful lot of preaching today that really a person might take a theme and they find a text and they hang that message on that text, as it were. And I'm not just saying that that's always wrong, but what I do believe is that we should be expounding the Word of God, walking through systematically and seeing exactly what the Lord has to speak into our hearts and lives from the Word of Truth. It's great to be able to look at a whole passage and glean revelation from that. So as we begin this morning, I just remind you that Jesus begins to again talk about prayer. I say again because in this very chapter previously, you will find that the Lord has given us the pattern or model for prayer. Our Father who art in heaven and He then teaches us the Lord's prayer. So very much prayer is on the heart of the Lord as it begins to look at these great themes that we can learn so much from. The first thing he refers to is the fact that we must ask, seek and knock. And if you look at the verb tenses in this passage of Scripture, you'll find that Jesus just wasn't saying ask once, seek once, knock once, but He was actually saying keep on asking. He was actually saying keep on seeking. He was actually saying keep on knocking. In other words, as you walk through your life, the way that God calls us to prayer is to be continually praying. And the apostles themselves, they taught that, that we must walk in prayer rather than just have a prayer time. It's great to set aside a prayer time in your day where you lay everything aside. But really the Lord is teaching us that as we walk through life, we live life in a condition of prayer before Him. Always asking, what is your will, Lord, in these circumstances? Always seeking that which is of His kingdom and always knocking at every door that the Lord lays before us in faith that we might see it open. Because the Lord says, I will open doors that no man can shut. And it's a great privilege to be able to walk with God knowing that prayer changes things. Whatever your circumstances are this morning, I want to remind you that the Lord says, ask, seek and knock. For by doing so, God will answer and you will see Him intervene in your circumstances and in your life. And I love this because not only does He explain to us that we must be constantly walking in prayer before God, but He also emphasises that we're asking the Father. Hallelujah. When we pray, we ask the Father through the mediation of the Son. And if we pray in that pattern, then we know that God will answer prayer. I want to say that God answers every prayer. You say, are you sure, Pastor Paul? Yeah, God answers every prayer. Sometimes it's yes, sometimes it's no, and sometimes it's wait a while. But God will answer every prayer. You know, I, I love the fact that uh, I'm a granddad. Hallelujah. And uh, just the other day, we were with our daughter and son-in-law and two of our children were there, so we made up six, okay. And... and um, 
my little granddaughter came up to me. She said, Papa, she said, I- I've seen this beautiful top in the shop. I-, I really, really like it. She began to describe it to Miriam and I. And you know, as a papa, you just really, your heart floods out and you think, oh, I'd love that little girl to have that top, that which is the desire of her heart. And I tell you, I couldn't resist it. I just said, darling, there you go. You will go and get that top. And then, of course, I had to do the same for a little brother as well. <laughs> but what a joy. It's a joy to give. And, and I use that as an explanation just to say, if we as earthly parents know how to bless and provide for our children, uh, how much more will your Father in heaven give you good gifts? Hallelujah. And some people live life thinking that God is like a big ogre in the sky. He's going to stop you from progressing in life and rob from you everything you deserve. And somehow to be spiritual, you have to go without. I want to tell you, that's a poverty gospel. I thank God that whilst we don't believe in the prosperity gospel, we do believe in a Father who provides all our needs, hallelujah, according to His riches in glory and in Christ. And so what a joy to be able to provide. It's better to give than it is to receive. And so God is is here saying, look, I'm your Father. Why aren't you asking? Why aren't you seeking? Why aren't you knocking? And maybe this morning, even as you sit in your home, God just revitalizes that word to your spirit that you're going to begin to ask more of your Father, that you're going to seek Him earnestly with all your heart and that you're going to knock at doors that God might open them in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thanks be to God. It's great to be able to know that God is a Father, a loving, gracious Father who will provide the things that we need. And then in moving forward, forward in this passage of Scripture, you will find that uh, God, in saying, as a father, I'll grant you the desire of your heart, we have to recognise that God is not saying, I will just give you everything you want. You know, the reason why the Word says that is because there has to be a righteous transformation in my heart, in my spirit and in my mind that the Father might grant me the desire of my heart. I mean, you might desire to have an incredible £130,000 Rolls Royce. I want to tell you, I don't think God's going to give you that because I don't think that might do you very good. So when God says, I will give you the desire of your heart, the reason why that is said is because He aligns our heart to His. So our desires are changed towards His desires. And because our hearts are right and our spirit is right and we're seeking and we're asking and we're knocking for the kingdom and the purpose of God, then God answers the desires of our hearts. Are you saying that we can't have desires that, you know, just some small things or other things that we we would just love to have? I want to tell you, God knows how to give good gifts. Hallelujah. He will give good gifts into your life this morning in Jesus' name. And then I want to come to the main body of this passage because he's been building up to a great message that we need to hear this morning. Got to remember that those who were listening was the crowds of people and those who were listening were the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And and the Pharisees, they believed that their righteousness, their self-righteousness would cause God to bless them. And of course, they had it totally wrong. So Jesus is actually addressing that, saying, listen, if my right 
righteousness, if the rightness of God is in you and upon you and you walk in His ways, then the Father who is in heaven will grant you the desire of your heart. So he's actually teaching against self-righteousness, against self-will to produce for self and to live a life seeking God, asking for God's ways and knocking at doors of the kingdom that His will and purpose might come to pass. And so he comes to this great verse that we call the golden rule. Uh, theologians will call it the golden rule. In fact, if you looked at your Bible, there may well be a footnote alongside this verse. The verse I'm referring to is verse 12. They call it the golden rule. And that golden rule says this, what, however you wanted to be, I'm going to paraphrase it, how you want to be treated, treat others. In everything, treat one another with love, respect, and do to others as you would want them to do to you. You know, I've heard it said that even in church life, some Christians are not very nice people. I want to challenge that this morning. I want to say that in the house of God, in our families and in our homes and in our relationships and in our workplace, friends, come on, let's take on the word of the Lord this morning that we would love one another, we would respect one another and we would treat one another in a way that we would require or desire ourselves to be treated. It's the golden rule. It won't save you, but it will be the evidence that the rightness of God is in your heart and in your spirit. In natural fact, there's a negative and positive to this. The negative would be that, you know, um, whatever you do, don't do anything that would injure, damage someone's heart and mind. So that's the negative. But the positive is do everything that would encourage them, that would edify them, that would build them up in their faith. Because friends, you know, we are, as it were, a letter of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. You've heard the old uh, pastor who would, who would say, preach this message, would say, listen, he said, share the good news wherever you go, preach the gospel wherever you go. And if you have to, use words. In other words, let your life itself be a message. And that's what Jesus is teaching here, that as we walk with God in His will and His ways, asking, seeking and knocking that the kingdom of God might fully be manifest in our hearts. Not only is He saying that, He's also saying, whatever you do, treat one another in the way that you would want to be treated yourself. And then as we move in this passage of Scripture, you'll find He talks about two gates, Two gates. There's the golden rule and then there's the two gates. And the two gates refer to the fact that we are constantly making choices. As we walk through life with God, we are faced with major decisions and we're faced with small decisions. I want to encourage you this morning that in the major decisions, seek God, ask God. But even in the small decisions, inquire of the Lord. What would Jesus want you to do here? So we know that Jesus himself is the gate. He's the doorway to our salvation. He's the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. But the fact remains that there is also two roads and two gates. One, which Jesus explains, leads to loss and destruction. And I can't remove this from the Scripture, friend, because it is present in the Scripture here. One leads to the road to hell and the other one leads to heaven. You say, Pastor, you mean I'm saved by the choices and the decisions that I make? No, not at all. 
But if we are saved and belonging to Christ, we will inquire of the Lord. We will ask, we will seek and we will knock. And in every choice and decision, we will be saying, Lord, what would you require of me here? In other words, we do not want to move away from the road, the gateway that leads to life. We don't want to, even in this life, suffer any spiritual loss or destruction. And certainly in eternity, we want to be with the Lord forever. Hallelujah. I'm constantly reminding us, especially when I'm officiating at funeral celebrations for life, I remind us that heaven is a place. Hallelujah. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back that you also may be where I am. So heaven is a place. And therefore there's a road, the road to salvation. But also there's a right path to walk in life as we make right choices before Him. Thanks be to God. May we be men and women who make wise and good choices as we live life for Jesus. And then there's two trees. There's the golden rule. There's the two gates. And there's two trees. Jesus says that bad trees will produce bad fruit. Good trees will produce good fruit. And it's real and it's true. Very recently, Miriam and I in our home in Bristol, we uh, had a tree removed. We cut the tree down from our garden. And uh, I want to say that I'd put up with it long enough. And it was fairly near at the end of the patio area and it was a plum tree. And for some reason, it just, uh, there was black sooty type things coming off the leaves. And I just had some beautiful new stone put down on my patio area and that really got ingrained into the stone. And so Miriam and I said, you know, this is just uh, not acceptable. It's ruining the stone. We don't want it there. And when we looked at the fruit that was on the tree, it was rotten. Immediately, you could not eat that fruit. It was bad fruit. So I don't understand why that happened, but I do know this. A bad tree was producing bad fruit. And so we cut it down. And what an example Jesus is giving here, that there are some things in our lives that are bad that we remove. They're not for you and uh, they won't produce good fruit in your life. There are some things in the world that we just leave behind, that we disassociate with, that we can't be part of. You know, even last night, Miriam and I were just relaxing with some food and we were watching a TV programme and we looked at each other and we said, we can't watch this. This is not acceptable. And I said, you know, the world in which we are living is becoming more and more dark. And Miriam just said to me, yeah, and as, yes, and as the darkness thickens, so the light shines brighter. And Jesus is really saying here that we are radically different because when Christ comes into our life, we've come to the good tree. We've come, I'm putting my hands out now, friend, reminding you of the good tree. We've come to the right tree. We've come to the right place, the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that tree in your life will produce good fruit. 
Whereas any other tree that you come to will produce bad fruit. There is a cross in the gospel. We can't remove that, my friend. And Jesus, who is the resurrection and the life, when he plants the seed of his spirit into your heart, it's the seed of good fruit, good things. Not only will the Father give good gifts to you for those who love him, those who ask, those who seek, those who knock, he will also produce good fruit in you. As you make the right and wise choices in your life, God will cause a harvest of good things to come to pass in your life. Thanks be to God for the power of his word and the power of his name. I'm reminding us as I close that God calls us to constantly persist in prayer. Talk to God. I find myself just, especially in the car when you're driving, just communicating with the Father. Hallelujah. He just wants conversation with you. Open up the conversation, friend. How about... In your home now, you make a decision, make a right choice. Open up the conversation with God, your Father. Start to ask Him. And as He leads you, keep pressing in and seek Him with all your heart. Because when you seek for Him with all your heart, the Bible says, He'll be found by you. And then knock. Knock at the door. I'm reminded of another door that's spoken of in the book of Revelation. And Jesus this time is on the outside of that door and is knocking on the door saying, open the door, I want to come in. And many people think that that's the message of the gospel. God, Jesus is on the outside of the door of your life and your heart and he's knocking, he wants to come in. In actual fact, it's a reference to the church. So friend, this morning, not only are we knocking on the door for the fact that we want him to come in and fill our lives with all his goodness. But we're also saying, Lord, we hear you knocking at the door of the church in these days of uncertainty. And we want to open the door of our fellowship and the door of our family and the door of our homes and the door of our lives. He said, come in and feel right at home in the name of Jesus. And so, Father, we thank you this morning that your word is true. We commit to prayer, to walk with you constantly, praying before you. We also thank you, Lord, that because of the goodness that you've brought into our lives, we can now pour that goodness out and we can treat people with love and respect in the way that we want to be treated. And We ask, Lord, that as we walk through life, we will have the wisdom to make the right choices and we will follow the right path come to the right gate, the gate that leads to eternal life, not destruction. And then finally, Lord, we will make sure that the work that you've produced in us will cause good fruit, fruit that will last for eternity. Now may the Lord bless you and cause this word to land on good ground in your heart and produce everlasting fruit for his glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.